Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to On the Preds with me, your host, Alex Darty of A to Z Sports and my co-host, Sean Smith of A to Z Sports here as well. We are here for episode 58 of On the Preds. It is December 12th and uh, the Preds are actually playing right now, but Sean and I decided we need to go ahead and record this podcast because we have so much to talk about. Sean, what is up? Oh man, I tell you what, it was it was an eventful weekend of uh, AU hockey up in Cincinnati. The uh, team came away with two out of three wins and my son got his first, I would like to say, trip to the penalty box, but it was his first four trips to the penalty box. So we are about to spend four and a half hours covering 8U hockey from the Cincinnati region. Yeah. Buckle your seatbelts. Here oh, we go. Man. Number Buckle one. <laughs> uh, no, for real though, we are, we have, there's a lot to talk about because the, the past couple days in Nashville Predators world have been pretty wild and, and, and uh, shocking and maybe a little bit sad in a couple ways so we'll, we'll talk yeah. about everything i want to lead off with maybe what i think is the most important thing i mean there's been a lot that's happened but what i think is the most important thing just from a human perspective yeah. and that is uh that we learned sunday morning that michael mccarran has entered into the player assistance program the nhl's player assistance program uh this is that is part of a, a contractually uh, or an agreement between the league and the CBA where players who are dealing with mental health issues or substance abuse or other family issues uh, can step away from the team and deal with those as they need to. And McCarran is doing that. Uh, we do not, we do not know any details. Uh, so we don't know what's going on, but he is, uh, he's entered that program. And so that is uh, that's, you know, it's a good thing because, Whatever he's dealing with, that program is very good, so I hear, and it has led to the resurgence of careers and to, to saving lives, no doubt. So um, very good that he's doing that. And so, I don't know, I, I guess there's really not much else to say about it, but I, I think that's important to lead off with. McCarran is getting the help he needs, and that's very important. Well, I, I, I do want to say one thing, and, and it's that and I know you had tweeted about this, and I think there are a lot of people that, especially if you're – paying attention mostly to the Predators, like I know a lot of people are, um, you probably remember that the process with with Connor Ingram was, was very open, um, where we knew why he was there. There were articles written about it after he'd come out of the program. And I just want to point out that that's not typically the norm. Um, yeah. That was kind of on the player to come out and, and talk about that. I feel like because it was a mental health struggle, he felt like it was important to share that with the world to try to destigmatize, uh, you know, mental health in sports and especially with with guys in general. So, um, you know, McCarran not saying what it is is not some necessary thing, meaning that it's a, a horrible bad thing. It's just he's chosen not to share what it is, and 
no one's going to share what it is unless it's him. So yeah. I wouldn't, I don't even want to speculate, but you know, he, when we go down to the, uh, to the locker room after games, there's a little tunnel that we kind of hallway we stand in while we wait. And oftentimes players that, uh, that, that didn't play that night that are in their, I'd say street clothes, but they're always wearing suits will walk through us as they come out. And I just want to say that McCarron's always, you know, the first guy to say hello to everybody, tell everybody to have a good night. Just seems like a really good guy. So I know that you do, I know you've already mentioned it and I, I think we all just wish the best for him. So um, we yeah. can leave it at that and move on. Functionally uh, what that does to the roster is important too, though. So uh, McCarron, does not count hold on let's double check that he, he he is not part of the of the 23 uh right. but his payment his cap hit still remains his payment his cap hits uh pretty low but uh so he he does not count to the 23 man roster uh while he's in the program he's away from the team he's still paid um so <clears throat> that that piece of information is important for what we, we might mention later regarding the cap, cap hit right. uh, or the cap situation. Um, and so I, I think that we just need to go ahead and jump into the same exact information or a, almost the same exact time we learned about Michael McCarron. We learned about the waiver status of, yeah. uh, of Ellie Tolbinen. The Predators waived Ellie right. Tolbinen. We learned of this at one o'clock on Sunday the timing here is in question. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but uh, I'll, I'll mention something after the uh, after the break about what I found out today. But um, Ellie Tolvanen waived by the Predators Sunday, and then today <clears throat> we found out that he was claimed by Sean. You want to tell us? <laughs> claimed. He was taken by the sea. By the sea. The sea. Yes. Claimed taken him. by the sea. He was he was picked up by the Seattle Kraken, who were actually. Um, interestingly enough, I believe what 23rd on the list, yep. meaning 21 other teams passed on, on putting a yep. claim in because the predators were, would have been one of those 22 in that, uh, in that sweepstakes order, I guess you could say. Right. Um, I am curious because, you know, I, when I found out the news, I was driving, I couldn't really respond, um, social media wise because it's not safe to text tweet and drive you know it's not something you should do so um i didn't really you know my hands were they weren't tied because i was driving but they were wrapped up i couldn't respond in any anything other than uh you know cries of sadness and and, and uh words of frustration in the car so i'm curious how did you take the news initially alex i'm sorry say that one more time what was your question how did you take the news initially when you first saw that, that Tolvanen was waived on Sunday? Uh, the Tolvanen was waived? Yeah. Um, well, I so I was in the middle of writing a, a, a quick article at a to z sports.com about Michael McCarron. Okay. And I was literally writing the same. I mean, I'm, I'm not even joking here. I was writing the sentence, it is very likely that Ellie Tolvanen will take Michael McCarron's spot in the lineup now that he's absent from the team. Tolvanen would make the most sense in this role. He's been healthy scratch seven straight games. This makes the most sense. Welcome back to the team, Ellie Tolvanen. So you could you could say that I was the most surprised that I've probably ever been about a move when I yeah. saw it. I, I was like, what? This is very shocking. Yeah, I, 
I, I know there's a lot of there are a lot of visceral angry reactions out there. Um, and I'll say that typically whenever someone gets waived, even if it's a player that I think, you know, has value or a player that I think, you know, could be a good player. I'm not, I've never really been shocked. Uh, I'll use the example, of course, of Connor Ingram. Um, with Connor Ingram, we've all followed his story. I think if you're a fan of the team, you followed Ingram's story. And so it, it kind of seemed like going into the season before the Lankanen signing that Ingram would have been the backup to Soros. When we saw Lankanen get signed, it was kind of like, okay, so what's going on here? But as you watch the preseason games and as you saw their performances, I think it, it became abundantly clear very quickly that Kevin Lankanen was going to be the better backup. And I, I still stand by that today. I don't think a lot of people would disagree with me. Um, but when they waived Ingram, it was, again, I felt like it was probably – they couldn't find a trade partner. It was probably what was best for him to allow him to have the chance to play minutes in the NHL. And it, it did work out that way. And, and even other players, sometimes you can look and go, yeah, that wasn't going to work out. You know, maybe they put in a claim on a player, let him play a couple of games and then decided this ain't it. We're going to let this guy go. But this was the first one for me that I think really threw me for a loop. I, I I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, that he made it all the way to the 23rd team to have the chance to uh, claim him. I would have thought that he would have gone sooner. A lot of those teams down there at the bottom um, of the NHL right now, I think would benefit from having a player like him on the team. So uh, surprised that they waived him, surprised he made it as far as he did, but not at all surprised that he got claimed. So Tolvanen being claimed, I think is not a surprise to many people. Um, you never know exactly how these things are going to go. There are not a lot of waiver claims in the NHL. It doesn't happen that often. <clears throat> um, but I, I think it's interesting that Seattle took him. So Tolvanen's uh, whole deal, his whole situation since being an NHLer, is he, he, he has always been touted as a guy with offensive potential. But right. specifically, his shooting. Right. Not his playmaking, not his speed, not his passing, just shooting. Like, he's a good shooter. That's a pretty, mm -hmm. much, pretty much what he's, what he's good at. But he has had to re... And this is what's, I think, frustrating for people, is he had to kind of... But because his shot was not immediately apparent and immediately going to become a 30-goal scorer, even though he was pretty good, I mean, he wasn't like... I mean, he had six power play goals a couple years ago, and that led the team. His shot was not so good that you could just say, well, he's going to play every night. He's going to play in the top six. And he's going to play right around this amount of minutes. Right. Um, the, the problem is he had to re – well, he had to learn how to play in a, in a system that gave him minutes, right? Right. And the system that he was in with John Hines, because all of – most of that was with John Hines. He did not play much during Laviolette's time in, in Nashville. No. Like he just did not play much at all. Most of his development has been under John Hines. And John Hines' system has been has forced him to try to play good defensively. And here's yeah. the kicker. He's kind of done that. Yeah. His even strength <laughs> defense defense numbers are really pretty good for a guy that does only gets about 10 or 11 minutes a night. Yeah. And I think that's what's frustrating is like. First of all, this guy, you're not playing this guy in the role that he probably is going to succeed at. But secondly, the role you are having him play in, he's actually doing pretty good. 
and yet you're still not playing him. So it's a really weird, confusing development path that has yeah. ended with them losing a former first round pick for absolutely nothing. Uh, you you got to think, you know, I, I look back at the time he spent in Milwaukee because I did have a chance uh, to, to write about this when he moved back into the NHL after spending time with Carl Taylor. And that was the thing Carl Taylor talked about really heavily was, you know, look, he's got an elite shot. He's always going to be a good shooter. What can we add to his game that allows him to round that out so he has other things he can contribute to his team? And, and this is, again, his shot. He was known. There is literally a song written about his shot in finish. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's not like he was kind of okay and he scored a few times. Here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. And, and this, I, I, I mean, I, I hear this, but like the, the problem is he can't do really any of the things that lead him to getting a good shot. He has to be in a perfect situation to get a shot. That's why he's good on the power play because he can get in those positions a lot easier. Outside right. of that, he's really like, that's, that's his struggle. But the problem is the other, it's not like he's that, but he's also a bad defensive player. He's not, he's actually a pretty good defensive player. He was one of the better ones last year. And he was starting to, he was fine in that role this year, but you know, he's not going to be on the penalty kill. He's not good enough no. there. And he's, I mean, you would assume he'd be on the power play, but he slowly got rolled off of that unit. Yeah. And he did play a little bit on the second unit, but that second unit wasn't very good. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really weird because like, yeah, he's got a good shot, but like he needs, it's, it's almost like he needs it to be, it needs to be teed up for him every time. Yeah. And if, if that's what you need, that's, you're going to have to do other things really well. Yeah. So it's really frustrating. But again, I think that part of that, you can definitely blame the Predators themselves for not developing that, not right. giving him the right chance. And where is he going to go now? He's going to go to an – this is what I was going to point out. I was looking for this stat earlier. He's going to go to the sixth best offense in the NHL right now. The Seattle Kraken have the sixth best offense – 3.56 goals per game. And if you remember where the Predators were last time, <clears throat> then that is the same place they are at now, 29th. They have the 29th best offense in the NHL, or you might say the fourth worst uh, at 2.6 goals per game. A team that does not need to be giving up offensive talent, although based on their own actions, he's not really much of an offensive talent because they haven't developed him that way. So, well, I mean, <laughs> anything to add to that? I mean, I think we've said pretty much everything we can say at this point. Uh, you know, again, tr trying not to have, you know, okay, this, this, is a, and this is the player. You've got to think that the people who got on the Nashville Predators train during the Stanley Cup run um, – this is the prospect they remember from the very next draft. I think that's probably why there's a lot of, of group ownership of Tolvin and in particular, um, you know, uh, in, within the fan base is because that's who they remember after this, this uh, run to the cup finals is, oh, and now they picked up this guy that somehow fell to 30th. They've come away with a great first round draft pick. And then they're writing freaking songs about a shot in Finland for the world juniors and everyone's jazzed up about him. He shows up. It's not really been the, you know, scoring rain that we thought it would be. 
And so people still have a lot of feelings and attachment to the player, but um, I think that's a good point. I mean, yeah, that, that, that there, there are a lot of people out there that are probably that he's the, the number one prospect that they followed because they followed the team in the cup. And he was right after that. I think, yeah. I think the better comparison, to, like the, the real better comparison is Kevin Fiala because like Fiala came in as a 2014 first round pick and it was, it's almost the exact same story. Kevin Fiala had considerably more success with the Predators, at least. Yeah. Probably because he played in a more offensive friendly system. And Peter Laviolette was like, if you can put pucks on the net, I'm going to play you. But yeah. I mean, so now he's in Seattle and the Predators lose him. And um, I, I, I do want to talk about something that I found out from the team today. I, I was able to talk to member of the team about something today and we also need to cover the other two things that happened um or <clears throat> couple things that happened but before we do that i want to talk about relax the back oh our favorite sponsor over there in green hills if you don't know about them by now here's what you need to know first of all if you want to live better feel better and sleep better every day you've got to go check it out relax the back in green hills tons of customized comfort options for the office, for relaxing at home, or for sleeping at night. That's a very important one. Because if you're looking for sleep options, they've got it all. There's the Technogel. There's the Tempur-Pedic, or Tempur-Ergo Smart Base and Wedge Systems. And here's a good little picture of some of those. You can go visit their store and see see these in living color right there in front of you. Uh, those wedge systems and posture pillows, everything in their store is all about getting your spine in the correct natural position for relaxing or for sleeping. There are chairs in there that I kid you not, if you sit in it for more than 10 minutes, five minutes probably, you're going to fall asleep even if you're not tired because you're that comfortable. You've got to go check it out at Relax the Back in Green Hills. 2020 Glen Echo Road. Uh, you'll you'll see it right as you're, you're pulling down, going down on Hillsborough Road. A sleep agent is on hand every day. Talk to Glenn. He owns the store and he will tell you about the four pillars of wellness and they are healthy sleep, healthy body, healthy work and healthy mind. <clears throat> okay. So I want to talk about the, uh, what I found out about today, but before we do that real quick, um, the other injuries, there were some injuries that happened. So we mentioned there were a lot yeah. of moves here in the game against Ottawa on Saturday, Alex Carrier and Jeremy Lausanne got injured. Alex Carrier's looked a lot Wait, now, uh, Alex Carrier is week-to-week. Lausanne is day-to-day, right? Yeah, Lausanne looked like he uh, got boarded, but I think he ended <laughs> up kind of holding his hand is what, what it yeah. looked like the issue was. The Carrier hit was was the one that was a lot worse. Yeah. Um, and he left the game, and he's week-to-week. I think his, his is probably significantly worse. But the important thing is that <clears throat> with, his, with those two absences and with now – Ryan McDonough out four to six weeks. That was as of last week. So I guess three to five weeks left now. Yeah. Uh, they're now down three defensemen. And yeah. that means, you know, they, they, they only had, they didn't have any other defensemen to play. So they had to go call no. some people up. So Kevin Gravel and Roland McCown. I McKeon. think it's pronounced McCown. I have heard. Go ahead. I've heard McKeon. I've heard McCown. I've heard McKeon, McEwen, and McCown. His hockey reference page says McCown. Okay. Or, or McCowan. McCowan. That's interesting. It says McCowan. 
yeah. The hockey reference page says Roland McCowan. Okay. So I, I, I think that's probably it. Roland McCowan. But um, these guys got called up. They're playing tonight against St. Louis. I mean, they went directly from Milwaukee into the yeah. starting lineup because of the defensive situation. And the other thing is, so the, the Predators are actually in kind of a cap trouble right now because uh, of number a number of reasons, really. I mean, number one, they are now having to replace players that are injured but not on long-term IR and also have some cap hit like uh, like Ryan McDonough. They technically have around a uh, million dollars in cap space right now, but that's only after trading away – or not trading, sorry, waiving – Ellie Tolvanen. So I think that you can consider the Tol- the Tolvanen wave a cap saving move, which is very sad considering his cap hit is only one point four million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't normally see cap uh, cap saving moves of that small amounts, especially with no. the Predators. They are almost never in this kind of situation. But I think it has to do more with injuries and those kind of situations than than anything. Uh, their roster is only at 22 right now because they just don't have the the cap room to really do much more than that. So they're at 22. I imagine they'll be at 22 tonight and tomorrow against Edmonton. Um, maybe I mean maybe they'll make a move. But I, I wanted to get to this. I, I know I, I just speed off a lot. Do you want to cover anything that I that I kind of said right there? I mean the the defensive moves. You 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 posted the thing about the two defensive players. Anything about them stand out? Kevin Gravel, Roland McCowan. I mean, you know, the thing about both of the guys is they're, they're part of the leadership team down, or I hate saying down in Milwaukee, but they're, Milwaukee's north of, of Nashville. So they're well, part of facing the, south. If you're facing well, south, maybe it's down. Whatever. I don't know. Here's the thing in, in Milwaukee, in Milwaukee, they're, they're part of, they wear, they wear letters on their jerseys. They're part of the leadership team there. Um, you know, they're, they are guys who have won the Calder Cup um at the ahl level with different teams you know they're experienced guys i really just assume that these moves are not anything where you think that they're going to come up and reasonably expect to grab a spot hold on to it like like maybe you would with someone like gross but uh more than likely they're going to be sturdy role fillers until the other guys are ready to come back into the lineup um you're not looking at flash they paired them together on the third, the third pairing, you know, they're not trying to split things up and give them a new partner and, and mess around too much. They're trying to keep it. Hey, keep these guys limited, let them do their job they, and let them get and they back both, to the And they NHL. both have NHL experience. Kevin Gravel played 70 right. games with the Kings and Roland McCown played with the Carolina Hurricanes. But yeah, they're, 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 they're just replacements. So, um, what I wanted to mention is, so I, I think it's very important that you know we ask questions of this team as needed right i mean like i think that's right. a very important thing it's part of our job and some some questions are not as important to ask right right some questions like you can kind of figure out on your own and maybe you can guess but like it's not really that important but i i decided that today like this issue with ellie tolvanen i think comes down to how in order to figure out the decision-making behind why Ellie Tolvanen was waived, I think it is important to know the order in which things happened. If Ellie Tolvanen was waived before they found out that Michael McCarron was entering the player assistance program, 
then it's just like it's it's really unfortunate timing. Obviously, best wishes out to Michael McCarron, but like you can't really do much about that. You were already going to waive him. You didn't think it was in your future. You'd healthy scratched him seven games in a row. He clearly wasn't a part of the plan. Waving him is a bad idea still, but waving him is worse if you find out about McCarron and you wave Tolvin at the same time. Because then it's like, what are what have you done? You've completely yeah. hamstrung your team. And so I, I reached out to the team to find out uh, if they could provide that for us. And I'll just give you a little clip of what they said. Basically, and I tweeted this out, they basically said um, there are a lot of things that go on in these decisions. Um, there's things behind the scenes that people don't always know about. And we exhaust all possible scenarios when making roster decisions, as I would assume they do. And that they are not prepared to share timelines of when these things happen. Now, the thing about timelines, most of the time they're very obvious. I mean, it's like when they make you know one decision on one day, another decision on another day, you're pretty sure those happened concurrently. But this is different. Yeah. Especially because you're dealing with a player who checks himself into player assistance. Like that, they're not they don't in control of that. He goes right. and does that. Yeah. Did it happen, you know, immediately after? Did it happen at the same time? Did it happen, you know, I think that's this is a mystery we probably will never solve, but I think is important. Do you think it's important? Am I crazy? I, no, I think it's important. You, you really have to think about, like, again, you're talking about the timeline of Sunday. Let's look at the timeline of Saturday, because Saturday you have two very obvious injuries that they probably knew immediately were going to necessitate both of those defenders being out. Um, if you look at the fact that the team was already only playing with six, that they've called up Gross already to replace McDonough and that Borvietsky is still on the injured reserve list. So they knew they had to call up two players. They knew that they could probably do that on the cheap, but at the same time, it, it was going to push them really close to the, uh, the, the cap limit. And <laughs> when you say, look at the way in which things were announced, you know, they announced the McCarran news first um, and then they well, announced they, the toll. They didn't announce it. That's, I think that's important. The, like the Predators never said anything about it. The, and, and they st- they haven't even said anything about Tolvanen. We are getting these information from, from other parties. Like the, 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 assi- the player assistance thing comes directly from the NHL. It says mm. it's from the NHL PR. Michael McCarron of the Predators has done this. That is the yeah. only information we got. They, the Predators didn't say anything. No, you're right. So, mm. and, 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 and we don't know what that means. I mean, he played on Saturday, right? He played Saturday during the day. You know, not not knowing the nature of what this is, did it happen Saturday night? Did it happen Sunday morning? You know, we don't have no idea. I mean, there's there's no way to know. So like, it could have happened five minutes before they tweeted that out or before they announced it, right? Yeah. Could have been right as you know. Um, and the Tolvin and waving thing, you know, a, a team waves a team that morning. It's not it's not made official until one p.m. Central Time to two p.m. Eastern. We don't know about it until two p.m. Eastern. So when Chris Johnston and Elliot Freeman are saying that it doesn't mean that it happened right then. It could have happened at nine o'clock that morning. It could have happened True. the night before. And then it just goes into effect the next day because it's after the, the waiver time. Yeah. So again, like this, that's why, that's why I think this is an important thing. Like how much did they really value Ellie Tolvanen? If they really thought that they could waive him, and he would clear, as was reported today by Sean Shapiro, 
if they thought in their mind, we can wave him and he'll clear, maybe it did happen after because they needed to get these defensemen up and they needed to clear some caps. So we'll just let, we'll just see if we can sneak him through. Right. Which was a, a baffling thought because that I don't think anyone thought that he wouldn't clear. So that's why this, there, this is a gray area. I have no idea what order. I, I mean, I, I, I find a guess they, they waved him first and then they find out about McCarran, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you want to get really uh, grassy knoll here, Alex, we could, I'll tell you. If I you do. think back, give me the grassy knoll, give me the, the umbrella man and the Zapruder film and the little, and the, and the, <laughs> give listen, it to me. listen, go back, go back to Twitter, man. <laughs> think about, think about the, I don't think, think it was either. It may have been the team account posted something about the, the Ellie Tolvin and death stare as he came out for practice. You remember that? And everyone was like, Blink twice if you need help. Somebody free this man. Somebody get him some help. He did look pretty pissed off, right? When was that? Oh, I don't know, man. I go back and so, look, right? Oh, I, so are you getting to the potential of a trade request? Is that what you're getting to? Well, I'm getting to the potential of the fact that, you know, we do have him either the day before that or the day, you know, two days before that looking kind of pissed off and not really. I remember that making a big effort to look happy. I mean, not that, you know, players owe it to everyone to look happy all the time, but he's a little hard to read. He's not a super expressive guy. I mean, like if you look at his Instagram, it's like all the same face. And he's like, it's like this face, but the caption is like, I'm thrilled to death to be, you know, signing with the predators today. It's like this face. Yeah. You're you're my best friend is getting married. I'm so happy for him. It's like every face is the same. There's a, there's a little bit of that. I'll give you that, but I'm, I'm going back. I'm trying to find this. I, I well, why, I why like are you doing important. that? I mean, one possibility and one theory that emerged, I, I think is this is, this could be realistic or it could be a possibility. Maybe he requested a trade. Maybe he said, if you're not going to play me, send me somewhere else, give me a chance. And then they tried to do that. And because they had played him so infrequently, no trade partners emerged. They were like, you're just going to have to wave him and we'll take our chances picking him up, which was a yeah. good job by those other GMs not to give Nashville something they didn't need or they didn't want right. to give up. You're a hundred percent. Right. Um, I'm still going happen. back. I'm still going back here. I think maybe it wasn't the actual Preds account or maybe, maybe that. Nope. Nope. The Tolvi stare down December 8th. They're coming out of the tunnel wearing it's, it's a, I think it was before the, was it one of the team people, one of the team members, team media people? Yeah, it was, it was the, uh, Nashville Predators team, team account. Oh, okay. December 8th says the told the Tolby stare down. He's coming out. He really doesn't ever smile. The other guys are kind of smiling. Yeah. I mean, a, mm, I don't know. Because I think all of it plays to, it, it has been a very confusing time to understand why, why they are not playing him and questions to John Hines as, 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 as clear as he is usually about why he's not playing guys or why Tomasino is getting sent down or, or why some such and such is happening. I think he's going to give some sort of response. You know, we need more out of, we need more out of players than just one skill set. We need guys to be able to do multiple things. And I think the fact that he can't, He's not. He wouldn't produce on the power play this year, or, or something. Or and he can't play on the penalty kill. He's a he's a 
he's not a versatile player. Well, you know, I mean, there are some guys that are not super versatile, but they're really good at one thing. Yeah. You've got some of them on, on your team right now. Yeah. Not every player has to be like a Cali yarn croak. No, not, not I everyone mean, are... can be good at all of the little things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It's they, they, they have fallen in love with the Cali yarn croaks and the Colton Sissons who, who can play both ways and do all the things because it gives them versatility and in, in their lineup even though if they had, you know, if they had three Connor McDavid's, they'd find a way to healthy scratch one of them because he wasn't doing everything. You know? We don't need three guys that can do the same thing. Exactly. We, we need two that's guys how they do that it. Do it. it so. We don't have, don't, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I see the reasoning. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to play it off. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, it's we it's have a, it's we have one scratcher. Connor McDavid, but we don't need a second one because we already have one that does that. We need yeah. a guy who can take those tough face-offs and play on the penalty kill. Yeah. How about yeah. you have a guy that puts the puck in the net so much that there's never any defensive face-offs? There you go. If you did Not that, that you never have gonna to put worry the about puck it. in that that often, but like you have the 29th ranked offense in the league. You don't have the 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 leeway to give up offense for absolutely nothing yeah no you're right you're right it's even even potential offense i think it's not just potential offense, offense. But potential offense at this point it's uh you gotta yeah it's again i'll call it a head scratcher it's definitely definitely questionable but i, I already I, said like i think it's one of the most baffling moves they've, they've made since since i've been covering this team and and they've made some really crazy moves yeah. trading for cody mcleod that's yeah. the trade for uh i mean the trade for jeremy lozon didn't make a lot of sense at the time i guess we kind of understand why they did it now but uh the signing of kevin lankinen <laughs> yeah i and again most of the time, and I'm, I'm just talking about waivers. Most of the time, when someone's put on waivers, I get it, even though I may think, you know, this guy has upside. I understand where the thought process is coming from and where it's leading. This one is the one that has left me going. Even yeah. even what happened, I was like, what? What? Surely someone out there could have traded something. Yeah. For it, him. so you know, maybe there's an injury we don't know about. Maybe there's a. There's a, a an off ice issue we don't know about. I mean, they they they've given us no information. They've not even they've not even really made an announcement that Dolvin's not on the team anymore. Um, they, I mean, they, I expected in the release today for them to say like we've also waived Ellie Tolvanen, but they didn't even do that. Uh, no. Nothing. It's like he just disappeared from the team's website. It's just like so weird. Yeah, that's that, that's bizarre. I don't know. So there you go. There's a lot of things that have happened. The roster's at 22. It could be a 23, but they don't seem to want to do that. Um, well, I, you know, we're, we're, we are recording in the middle of the game. You know, you're looking at the 12, you're looking at the only 12 forwards they have on the roster right now. They're all out there doing hockey. Um, you know, they could add another one. And, and if they get some of the defenders back, if they get Lausanne and Carrier back, then, they can send uh, the other two guys down, and that frees up well, and, more space. They could mm-hmm. add if they wanted to. You mentioned, I mean, you talked about Tommy Novak, right, today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I did. 
Tearing give, it give up us, down give us, the low, give us the lowdown. I mean, I don't think the Predators know they have Tommy Novak. So <laughs> tell them, tell them who he is. Tell them about who Tommy Novak is, who plays in their system. It's it's a strange case. We'll say this, and I can't. Remember, I, I want to say that he was drafted in 2015. Um, I, I may have that wrong because it's not right in front of my face, and that was much earlier keep going, today. I'll, I'll look it up. Keep going. Um, but he he was drafted. Um, I believe he played. Uh, I want to say in college, I know he had an injury that kind of ended his season there one year. He ends up coming, um, he's played in Milwaukee for quite a while, and he came up after the abbreviated season uh, where he had played with, with the Chicago Wolves because Milwaukee had opted out of that season. Uh, he played where the, the Wolves were combined with the Admirals into a very bizarre hybrid of what, what was a very, very good team with two very good coaches. Um, and when he played there, he, he was kind of tearing it up there, did a great job. And then, you know, I, I, he didn't start the season the next year or last year in, in Nashville. It was actually Glass that started the season there and was sent down after one or two games. The immediate call-up was Novak. Novak came in, and I – I was really surprised going back. He played 27 games. He only had one goal in those games. Uh, it was in his, his last game. And then he was added to the COVID-19 list. And he never came, added back. The, never came back after that. And, and once he was down in Milwaukee, it's almost like they just forgot about him. And there were plenty of opportunities to call guys up. I know you saw Matt Luff come into the lineup. Um McCarron really kind of took over as fourth line center for the team after Novak went uh, on to the, to the list. And so I think if you look at what he's been able to do in the AHL, what he's been able to do is, is lead the team in scoring for the most part. Um, and, and a lot of that's due to the fact that he's playing center with some very talented guys on his wing. Um, he's leading the team in points, as we speak, and it would make a lot of sense that you could have a guy that could come in and, and play. I mean, God forbid, play fourth line minutes, but somebody's got to play him. You might as well have somebody that can go out there and make some things happen. He's fairly defensively responsible, and he doesn't commit a lot of penalties. Um, so I, I think it would be a great move. It wouldn't cost very much. And if you were going to also try someone like, God forbid, Philip Tomasino come play in the NHL again. Um, you know, this season. I mean, Philip Tomasino is the is the one that needs to come up. I, I think if, if if they if they want to have 13 forwards, it's gotta be Philip Tomasino that comes up. Uh by the way, 20 uh yes, Tommy Novak, 2015, he was their third round pick. Yeah. Um and um I forget why they didn't have a first round pick that year, but Yakov Trenin was their second round pick. So that, dra that draft had could have three players playing on it right now from that draft. Yakov Trenin, Thomas Novak, and Alex Carrier. Um, right. All drafted well, in 20. What I was what I was getting at though is, you know, if you're looking at replacing someone at at fourth line center and you wanted to also bring someone else up once there's more room, because there should be more room, um, you could realistically bring Tomasino as well put Tomasino with Novak on the fourth line and, and I think they would do very well. But yeah, then again, I've, I've also thought that with more time on the fourth line or more time at even strength or whatever, that uh, Ellie Tolvin would do very well. And we just talked a lot about how that didn't end the way we thought it would, didn't we? 
Definitely not. So we'll see what happens. I think the Predators are in a very strange position right now. I, I mean, the, the the season could could very much go downhill quickly if they do not have cr- proper responses to these injuries and to these pretty poor defensive show or pretty poor showings in the last couple games where they lost to the Ottawa Senators two four two to three and lost to Tampa five to two. Um, I mean, then they were, I mean, they looked in, again in front of pretty, their dads, Alex. In front of their dads. Next article. <sighs> Do the predators hate their dads? That's the next article. Uh, so having said all that, we will uh, go ahead and wrap up today's show. That was a lot to cover. Thanks for listening. Um, I have not even pulled up the man. I, I did not prepare well. I was just so taken aback by this, uh, slew of preds news that i did not even prepare the upcoming results or upcoming games so they're playing right now against the st louis blues tomorrow night tuesday they play edmonton and then yeah. for thursday they play at winnipeg and then saturday at colorado four games this week including <laughs> at st louis edmonton at winnipeg at colorado i mean if they win one of these games yeah I, dude look edmonton at home the day after playing St. Louis and St. Louis, you've got a, you've got yeah. a night of travel. That's and you've horrible. got another That's game against a team that kills with speed. I mean, good night. Like, yeah. and, and look, I'm going to say all this. You're going to, we'll assume that Lankanen gets the start and Lankanen's been solid, but I'm going to say all this. Like it's, it is set up for the predators to lose, but watch them go out and win like nine to one or something crazy and stupid like that. That's right. Right. Always, whenever I go making big predictions, look well, like thank you are, Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can check out all of our Preds coverage. There's a lot of it on there right now at a to zsports.com. Go read it there. Um, follow me on Twitter at AlexDarty1. Follow Sean at SCSNSH. Until next time, we will be uh, watching the Preds just like you guys. And thanks for listening. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>